Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Philippa Warner with yes, Scribe Count. Do. Yes, and it's so good. Uh, she's with Scribe Count, as Sarah said, and I talked over her, as <laughs> we do, uh, <laughs> or as I do. She, and keep going. she also talked about uh, using her backlist as a marketing tool, um, how to, that you can hustle too much, which is mm-hmm. great. You know, I, I'm, I, I kind of subscribe to that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else that I missed? Um, she talked about ghostwriting in the beginning, oh, yeah. how she was a ghostwriter and transitioned yep. to writing on her own. And uh-huh. we did go into a lot of things for scribe count. Um, mm-hmm. I have scribe count and I use it not like every day, but right. it, uh, it is so helpful if you're wide to like pull all the data in. And I've been using it the other day I went in and looked to see how my translations are doing uh-huh. so much easier to see because you can look at how books are selling individually, just the graphs and pie charts uh-huh. are just very helpful. Oh, that's so great. She talked about some hacks that she had seen people using in like, you know, they, they have like the, they can see how people yeah. are using it. And mm-hmm. So she gave us some hacks and tips and some new features that are coming. Yep. So yeah. yeah. So it's, really informative and how to use it if you're in KU. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think it's just for white authors. Yep. Yeah. It, that was very interesting. I, I got some tips on that. So that, yeah. that's good. So yeah. what's been going on with you this week? Well, this week I had a launch. My book seven oh, yeah. came yeah. out on Tuesday. Yeah. So that was I'm good. Grab it. I forgot. <laughs> was that an audiobook too? And I know. You know, that's how I listen to it. Yeah. yeah so you know, the last couple of audiobooks I've had, ACX has been so delayed. I'm, I go through Find a Way to ACX, mm-hmm. and it's been so delayed that, you know, it was weeks after right. the launch that it came out on Audible. And so, both this launch and the one before, I used uh, Book Funnel mm-hmm. and PayHip to sell Audio Direct. Mm-hmm. So, I sent out an email about the week before and sold a bunch of Audio Direct. And I told people, hey, I don't know when this will be out. The files are with the vendors and it's up to them. Yeah. And um, so that went well, but then it came out early on Audible oh. before <laughs> the ebook and the print oh, books no. were out. I was like, I, I mean, I was kind of glad that it was out. Yeah. But I was surprised I'd never seen that before. So obviously right. they do not adhere to a release date. They're just like, eh, we'll put it out. <laughs> so. Tuesday seems like a good day. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, but then I, I emailed my list when it came out and uh-huh. told them, know that it was available on audio, but they could still get it from me for a discount. And so more people bought it the second time. You know, I had more uh, people purchase it direct. The only thing I found out though, is that somehow this is the second time this has happened. The chapter order is not correct on oh, audible. No. And so on audible? on audible and there's already reviews posted saying chapter 23 is not in the right place. And so I've emailed find a way they've contacted audible and it is in the correct order on my find a way dashboard. So right. I guess that's something we need to, I will start checking for because this is the yes. second time this has happened where it's uploaded correctly. And then when it goes out, it doesn't appear in the correct order. In people's oh, that's players. horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it. No, because, no. You know, so, mm. but anyway, so that might be something to check if you have an audio book. Yeah. I don't know if anybody sure. else has had that trouble, but mm. other than that, it's gone good. And yeah. 
um, I, th- I was thinking this is like, this is book seven. So mm-hmm. instead of doing like a big, huge launch, I just did pretty basic stuff. And I thought right. I could just run through it if anyone, you know, cause we've talked about launches before, right? right. but um, it was really simple. I just did, I emailed my list twice, I think. And I did the BookBub new release alert and I applied for and got the, I think now they call it discounted new releases. You know, they have the new release that you, oh, can yeah. apply. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about, it's like, it's different from the uh-huh. new release alert. Uh-huh. So I did both of those. And then I also got a free deal on book six, which is going ah. to this week. So I've spent a lot of money at BookBub. Yes. But I'm fine with that because I really don't enjoy ads. So I'm yes. like, I will let them, I'll kind of outsource that to them. Yeah. yeah. And then I did a Goodreads giveaway that ended on the day of the release. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, oh, and then I was in a, uh, a newsletter mm-hmm. and did some, uh, you know, some other mystery authors gave me shout outs, but mm-hmm. that was it. So that's like pretty low key mm-hmm. launch, mm-hmm. but yeah, doing good. Did well and, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so, great. So that was my day. And the only other thing I was going to say is I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and everybody's talking about how they love January and they love the new year. And I really don't like it. I, <laughs> I just thought I'm going to shout out if you don't enjoy January, I always find January a little depressing. So yeah. if you feel that way, yeah. you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're with you. I kind yeah. of feel that way too. I mean, it, because, you know, there's just been this build up to, um, Christmas and then the build up to the new year and mm-hmm. yeah it, it I is kind of feel like the party's over it's like yeah. the let down after yeah. you know yeah. and we're all back to normal life which I really enjoy my normal work week yes I just find yeah. it a little blah yeah so. so there you go but the new release cheered me up so that's good so that's what about awesome you? um well I've just been writing which is you oh, know good. awesome the book is I mean like I've had two or three real big like oh yeah moments so good. pretty much. I know the book, uh, or at least I know their motivations and their, you know, what pushes their buttons, what's going to make it worse, what's going to make it better. And um, so now I just have to put it on paper. And I started to, because, you know, I'm not terribly far along. I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm over 10,000 words, but I can't remember how many exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I did start start kind of panicking because I listened to something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, it might have been Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were talking about outlining or the way they outlined or whatever. And I was just like, <gasps> maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to stop and start. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm just going to write this book from my Put your blinders on right I am an instinctive writer yep. I know that because of Becca's stuff mm-hmm. I'm just gonna write this book and then I will fix it when I need to fix it but right now I'm just writing this book and honestly I went back yesterday and um I needed to add in some stuff because of these new revelations and as I'm reading along I'm laughing and thinking mm-hmm. you know what this book is not horrible and um <laughs> It's always our bar. Like in the first draft in about, you know, 40,000 words, I'll I'll have to get back with you on that. But yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Still off social media. Oh yeah. So you're going fine. Yeah. 
yeah, still going Good. fine. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will send me a TikTok video, and I do watch that one <laughs> that they send me. But then I, I get, you know, I get off. I, I, I've got all the all my apps um, deleted from my phone. Wow. Um, and I think I have one more week of being off social media. Uh, I kind of, I really miss my group. And mm-hmm. I may yeah. jump in my group this week just to, you know, hey, how you doing kind of thing. But um, other than that, that's about it. I jumped into CryptoCoin this week. So oh uh, my. I know, I know. I've, I don't, it, my daughter and son-in-law kind of helped me. And um, yeah. So, so when are you also going to do an NFT? No, no. <laughs> NFTs are ridiculous, y'all. I mean, I've watched a lot of videos on them because at Las Vegas, uh, Brian Meeks was telling me, you need to do NFTs. Like you would be perfect for NFTs. And I was like, what in the heck is an NFT? <laughs> Let me go so Google that real quick. I studied up. I mean, he explained it, but I st- mm. I, it's a lot. I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> It's really kind of ridiculous, but, um, but also it's a lot of steps. I mean, this was a lot of steps, but, but mm-hmm. NFTs are a lot of steps. And right now, because they're so popular, there's something called a gas price, which is really basically how much it costs to upload mm-hmm. to a certain site and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the fee they take. Mm-hmm. It's just outrageous. Like I watched yeah. a video from April and a guy uploaded one, and he was charging like $167, but his gas fee was $127 or something like that. And that was in April. So, well, have you, did you look at that Korea Tokyo? Joanna uh, Penn talked, interviewed uh-uh. them on her, on the Creative Penn podcast. No, I may and need to go back and, yeah. It's just for creatives, for books, specifically oh. for books, I believe, right now. And okay. you can get in early, like in their beta, I think, right yeah. now. So, okay. it's right. been a while since I listened to the podcast. So, don't quote me on that. Yeah. But, that's definitely something to look into, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's like a whole, for me, I thought about it, but then I thought, is that something my readers would be into? And I really don't think so at this Mm -hmm. point. So Mm -hmm. I'm holding off, Mm -hmm. but yeah. 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 And I feel like I've matured in that. I didn't just run off and start one because used to, I would have, I'd be like, Oh, I must do this. Yeah. Me too. And chasing that money, but I'm not chasing the money. I mean, you know, I really just did this crypto because, um, it's called Boon Coin, but I just did it because Alexa and Dylan were doing it, and um, you know, just to support. It's not his coin, but it's a friend of his coin, and mm-hmm. just to support and stuff. And so, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch it. It's really, mm-hmm. it really took off, and so it's been super fun to watch it and everything. But and just really interesting. But it's not something I'm gonna spend my days doing. You can yeah. bet on that because yeah. it really is just. I mean, it's a job. It would be a job to mm-hmm. do something like that. But yeah. But I was kind of yeah. proud of myself. For yeah. And you can probably put that in the book learning, someday. Learning the lingo and <laughs> figuring out blockchain and all of that. So yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. But awesome. mostly I'm writing. I'm really happy. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that I'm able to write and I'm able to come up with ideas and I mean, just because for the longest, for six months, I had no ideas, nothing. And that's a, t- it's terrifying. It's just yeah. terrifying. So if you're in that place, uh, trust me, I understand. But if you're coming out of it, then congratulations. And you do come out of it. I mean, you do, like, you do. It just I depends that on how long yeah, yeah, it takes. So, 
it's a process to get there and then it mm-hmm. takes a while to get out of it. But right. I know Becca Syme has some great YouTube videos on burnout yeah. and how yeah. to, or being blocked. I think I was to just not blocked. be so bad. Yeah. yeah. I think because really my idea came after I was in Vegas around mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. I know, which I need. And so, <laughs> you know, if they, if you can figure out why you're blocked and you can remedy mm-hmm. that, then that helps a lot. But we've, t- I've talked a lot, so we should probably get on with the interview. Yeah. It's so I did want to, I did want to mention quickly one oh, yeah. podcast um, I listened to because I did, I said that about the direct sales for audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So there's a great one on the six figure authors podcast. It's episode 115, making more money selling your books direct yes. with um, Katie cross. And I mean, she is doing that as it's the main part of her business. Like oh, she's really like that. all I in. I saw it, direct. but I didn't listen to it. Yeah, it's really good. And she's um, using a lot of the techniques that like entrepreneurs use. Like we have a lot of things that we've drawn, like the, hey, here's something. Let me give you mm-hmm. something to get you on my email list. Yeah, There's things yeah. that we're using, right. but like she's really researched it and really implemented it and has some really good tips. And that's great. That's something I think I would. I, I wanted to do it in 2021, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So I'm hoping in 2022 to get all my books up and start selling more direct. So anyway, I was going to recommend that yeah, if anyone's great. interested. And awesome. yeah, let's get on with the interview. Learn to okay. subscribe count. All right. All right. Today, we're really excited to have Philippa Warner with us. Hi, Philippa. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited you're here. This is going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to learn all about scribe count. And also talk about your writing and stuff too. Mm -hmm. So this will be great. So let me read your bio and we'll get started. Philippa Warner is the public face of ScribeCount, overseeing the customer interaction, content, and overall service side of the company. Holding a Bachelor of Arts in Economics with a minor in Mathematics, she brings her analytic skills to the team and then balances them with her creative abilities. With 19 novels to her name, including two USA Today bestsellers, she speaks the complicated language of the indie author very well. A native of Minnesota, she can often be found shoveling snow, watching science fiction movies, or arguing thermostat settings. She is an <laughs> expert at getting socks on a fleeing toddler, which I love that bio. That's so do. much fun. That's <laughs> so good. And so, Thank you. Yeah. so tell us how you got into writing. Oh, wow. Um, so I've actually been writing since I could browbeat my babysitter into <laughs> transcribing. So that poor sainted woman. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've been doing that for ages. And I went through the dance that a lot of us are up, down and sideways that I needed to do this the traditional way. Mm-hmm. And having all of my friends and family keep saying, no, you really don't. Mm-hmm this is making you crazy. And what actually changed my mind was I realized I didn't have any time to write anymore because I was spending all of my time querying Mm. and that had been going on for months and I was just done. So Mm -hmm. I stopped querying. It was too much time that I was not spending on the part I enjoyed. Um, And I uh, released my first novel to the resounding sound of crickets in 2011 (laughs) Um, and then in 2012 released a trilogy and got this thing that I was not sure about at the time, um, that I'd been told I should apply for called a book bub. Oh yeah. Which launched things. Yeah. I imagine it did. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so that came out and then, uh, I had, uh, majored in nice, sensible subjects in college and, graduated directly into a recession 
Mm-hmm. And so wound up in financial services yeah, uh, in commission-based sales, which was not, you know, where my heart yearned to be. <laughs> so I was able to turn my sales into uh, a ghostwriting business. Oh. And that began in 2015. Mm-hmm. And between then and now, I've done other people's worlds or co-writing projects. I've done a about 50 novels since wow. 2015. Wow. So. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just amazing. So tell everybody what your pen names are in case they want to check them out. Okay. So my two pen names are Natalie Gray and Maura Katzen. Yes. And uh, Natalie Gray will probably be the more familiar of the two. Uh, I've written some uh, series, some spinoff series within Michael Anderley's Girthurian Gambit worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also a, uh, an urban fantasy series and a military sci-fi series under that pen name. And then Moira Katzen is uh, epic fantasy. And I've got a new series coming out under that pen name next year that I am ramping up uh, reviews for right now. That's awesome. Do you already have the books written or? I have the first book written. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are, it, it is a series that I literally would not have been capable of writing before the crazy apprenticeship of the 50 ghost written books, mm-hmm. uh, getting all of those tools in my toolkit made yeah. this possible. And it yeah. clocks, the first book clocks in about 150,000 words. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's complex. It's a multi point of view. First one is wow. written, and that's amazing. That's uh, but that's epic fantasy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. name that's of the game, the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, that is impressive to do mm-hmm. all of that while getting socks on kids and mm-hmm. shoveling snow. That's impressive. Easily yeah. the most time-consuming part. Yes. Yes. So we understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your definition of success? Oh wow! Um, this is actually something that we've been looking at with scribe count with mm-hmm. uh because at least those of us who started off really early i think a lot of us wanted to show that we could do what the traditionally published authors were doing mm-hmm. and so it was ranking on the lists and having the best seller and all yeah. of that and i really burned myself out quite hard trying to have someone else's career mm-hmm. um trying to ride the niche wave and right to market and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I would say that my, my version of success would be able to, uh, would be me being able to spend a couple of months per book, which seems redu- ridiculously self-indulgent <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> and to a sky dream, of course, would be able to be um, have my husband go off and start his carpentry business because he makes the absolute most gorgeous furniture you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. And I want him to be able to do that for a living. Um, yeah. But certainly my vision of success would be being able to work on my books, about six books a year mm-hmm. um, and, you know, have that pay my bills. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. We just talked to um, Inez Johnson and she said, when she answered this question, she said she's learned to 
um, well, I don't know if it was this question, but she did say in the podcast that she's, she's come to this realization of coupling your money goals with your happiness. And mm-hmm. I just love that. And so it's kind of sounds like the same thing, you know, the things that bring you joy, which would be writing maybe a little slower and mm-hmm. enjoying the process a little more, plus letting your husband do something he loves. That, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, what if, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? I really wish that I hadn't been so afraid of tropes. Mm-hmm. I went into it, um, and this is deeply cringeworthy for me in retrospect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went into it being super disdainful of tropes, really, and um, and not really understanding them as like trying to build a book without tropes, like trying to build, you know, that play set without a screwdriver. It's <laughs> like, it just gets you a lot farther, a lot faster. Um, and I think I, I disdained this, the, it seems like I was mistaking tropes for cliches was really what mm, it was. Yeah. And the fact was the tropes, it, it's all in how you do it, right? It's mm-hmm. all in the art mm-hmm. and there's nothing there's nothing right. new under the sun, except that somehow every book is new. Right. And that's, yeah. So not I to love, shy away. Right. I love that four of us could write the exact same trope. Right. And it would be, even with the same sort of premise, and it would be completely different. And yep. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think tropes are misunderstood. Um, yes. Or the, the term trope. A lot of times people just have an instinctive reaction where they're like, no, I don't want to put that in my book. But if you understand that it's what draws readers to your books, then it's like, oh yes, let me put some of those in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh I like to say that uh the first the the original first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, is just this masterwork of tropes. Mm-hmm. Because if you go through the first few scenes of that movie, there is so much that is communicated simply by understanding. Like all you see from, for instance, Luke's perspective is his frustration with his uncle, but because it's his uncle, you have this huge understanding of how complex that is, even though Mm -hmm. you're only seeing one side of it and things like that. Right. Right. And not so interesting in that, not even that he's frustrated with his uncle. He's also he's deeply grateful to his uncle because he took him in. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like this whole thing. Yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. I love that. I think that's interesting too. And mm-hmm. I think we could probably do like a whole podcast about that, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but we won't yeah. get into deep. Ooh, that. Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? What do I still wish I knew about marketing? Yeah, which is most things. Um, oh. <laughs> the, day I get a handle on Facebook ads will probably be the day hell freezes over. Um, and that they change them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so mainly I wish that I could, could figure out marketing because it's just not where my wheelhouse is. And mm. I'm stuck between my desperate desire not to hire someone to do something I don't understand, mm. which always seems like a, a terrible idea. Right. Um, just like a faster way of throwing money down a black hole. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it can <laughs> and, be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, not wanting to take all of the brain space on that because mm-hmm. running your own business as an author, yeah, there's just so many different areas and you can't really do all of them at once. So figuring out a sustainable method of advertising for me would be my yeah. goal. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh the same thing for most people. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But you're you're able to you've been able to put out a lot of books fairly quickly it sounds like. So that in itself can be marketing, right? Yeah. It can. Yes. Um and it really Yes, it's very <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to to collate a few things here all at once. Um so one of the the strange things about it is I think having a backlist is absolutely a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. And the, the question is if and when each series takes off. So you can definitely hit the algorithms with a new release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then keeping each part of the backlist updated in terms of metadata and mm. keywords and all of that. That's a full-time job, amount, yeah. right? It yeah. really is. Um, but that can be a huge thing. You know, there was mm-hmm. a, a song of ice and fire was big in the epic fantasy community fairly early, but it was 15 years or so after the first one came out that it really exploded into popularity. Mm. So yeah. you never know. Mm-mm. Yeah. Which gives us all hope, which is yeah. right. <laughs> So what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Oh, <laughs> see. Um, I think uh, like most authors I know, I have the very, um, very opposite dual perspective on my success and skill. So I've kind of always predicted both that each new book is going to be some runaway bestseller and also Mm -hmm. that no one will ever buy it because it is the (laughs) single worst thing that has ever been put together. So (laughs) it's mostly just coming to accept a middle path there. Yes, (laughs) yes. Oh, that's yeah, so I funny. think we all, I think we yeah. all have that where we <laughs> swing. You just run out of adrenaline, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, do. you do. You stress until yeah. you can't yeah. stress anymore yeah. and then, then you let it go. And Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what's the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your career? Uh, this one is, is quite easy. So when I first started, <laughs> I had a beautiful little cursive sign behind my desk that had gold foil print letters that said hustle. <laughs> um, and I don't have that anymore <laughs> because I have since gotten myself hospitalized twice mm. because I do not know how to stop working. Oh wow. So yeah. I am trying to, in my advanced age, get better <laughs> at not completely burning myself out mm. and making things sustainable because it's, you know, it's what they say about an exercise program, right? The best one mm-hmm. is the one you do. Mm-hmm. The best writing career is the one that keeps you writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, trying to figure out my definition of success was a huge one. 
um, and realizing, you know, there are people who absolutely thrive on the particular challenge of turning out a book in a new niche mm-hmm. every couple of weeks. Mm. And for me, the version of what I thrive on is learning someone else's chapter structure, sentence structure, mm. plot structure. Um, but the genre stuff and the quick releases don't necessarily work for me. Mm-hmm. So it's figuring out what's sustainable and not just hustling until you literally get sick. Mm. <laughs> I think that's a great mindset shift. Um, <laughs> yeah, so important. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Because if so, you don't feel, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you, if you can't physically mm-hmm. stay writing, you know, yep. over the long term, then you, you're limiting your output and how many books you can put out in your career, even though you may mm-hmm. be kind of ramping up in the beginning. And we all have that phase in the beginning where we have mm-hmm. to, you know, get a backlist together, but then there comes a time when you kind of have to slow, or for me, I had to slow down a little bit and, you know, just yeah, can't absolutely. keep going. And I'm certainly not going at the pace of 50 books. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near 50 <laughs> books yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. No, but you know, it is it is sort of a theme I'm hearing um, mm-hmm. over the last, I don't know, a few months uh, from a lot of authors, really successful authors, that they're kind of having to just tweak that mind shift, mindset shift a little bit. That mm-hmm. is a hard phrase to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're having to shift it. And um, so I think that's really great. So. Philippe, tell us about Script Count and how it helps authors. Well, so the the basic thing was we kept waiting for someone else to build this and (laughs) and no one else did um, because we were spending so much time tracking sales on different platforms. Yes. uh, That it was really, it was like the me with the querying. It was cutting Mm -hmm. into the writing time, Mm -hmm. but you have to have that information, right? Mm -hmm. In order to be able to pivot correctly um, and track, you know, where you're putting your advertising money and everything like that. So uh, ScribeCon itself hooks into seven major book retailers Mm -hmm. and has four more on deck currently. Wow. Um, and is able to not only automatically pull that data, which means there's no chance of you copying something into the wrong column in your mm-hmm. spreadsheet or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's doing the currency conversions for you. It's able to run custom reports for you. Right. Um, things like that. And so you can log in, you can see your sales at a glance. You can tag by things like series and author. So I can tell you now that I have Scribe Count mm-hmm. that my epic fantasy sells way better on Apple compared to my science fiction, which sells way better on Kobo. Wow, Why? really? I don't know, but I can target my advertising better. Oh wow, that's so cool. I so, yeah. I do not use Scribe Count, so I am fascinated. That's <laughs> so great. Well, I have it, but I have not obviously dug into all its bells and whistles and things so i feel like randall and i even probably don't use it up to its (laughs) capabilities which is uh sad but there's only so much time in the day that you can devote Mm -hmm. to running excel spreadsheets even right 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us like if somebody's because I have it and I love the uh, the graphic that it gives you. It's yep. a circular thing with multicolors, so you can see. You know, it's a visual representation mm-hmm. of how who, where your sales are coming from. So if somebody's new and they wanted mm-hmm. to give it a try, what would you recommend? Because to get it set up so you can see, are there, is there anything special you would recommend for people to do to get it set up to? Um, it? Well, it's, it's quite easy. So the only thing that we're really waiting on is that there's no Safari browser extension, mm-hmm. um, but there are for Chrome and internet Explorer and Firefox and mm-hmm. Uh, so the basic thing is you simply need to install the browser extension and then show it where the logins are. Uh, you pick which platforms you want enabled and which you don't. You log in and you're the one who maintains the login. So our system doesn't cache any of the auth- the password or login information, mm-hmm. which was a huge uh, priority for both Randall and myself. We'd seen mm-hmm. some breaches of author trust in that area. And we handed our dev team a really impossible task, which was we need you to do this without any cookies, without any mm. user IDs, without any passwords. And boy, howdy, did they come through <laughs> um, without even stabbing us one time. Wow. <laughs> Not even once there. Not even once. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that we're very far away from them. Yes. <laughs> 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 Well, I knew that was uh, going to be a question people would have was the security. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so you can log in and you, it just pulls the data and collates it, but it doesn't have access to your logins and stuff. That's the bottom yep. line, right? Not only does it not, so we're working with Microsoft Azure. So everyone's data are stored in different encrypted tables. Hmm. So each user has a different table and you can also if you want to, we've got a couple of people who do do this. You log in, you enable the connections, you pull all of the data, you run whatever reports you want to run, and then you can disable the connections and delete all data so that you know it is nowhere online. Mm. You have downloaded your reports, but if you don't want it on anyone's servers at all, you can do that. Um And probably our biggest surprise so far has been the number of people who contact us saying, I don't care if you have my passwords. I just want (laughs) not to have to log in again, which we did not see coming and we are working on. (laughs) Nice. That is nice. Yeah. Well, my thought would be that the uh, main appeal of it would be for wide authors, um, which it certainly makes it so much easier than the old fashioned way of keeping up with everything. Oh, yes. But do you um, also have people who use KDP, uh, Kindle Unlimited that are using it we as well? We do. Um, so we also have a KU dashboard. And one of the things that we do like to say is that even KU authors are wide. And we mm-hmm. mean that in terms of paperbacks and audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, format. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Yep, yeah, KU format audiobook. And so there's a huge number of metrics that can be brought to bear specifically on KU. Mm-hmm. And in terms of rank tracking, price tracking, uh, pre-orders, full read through, things like that. So there's still a lot that we bring to the table for 
KU users, including a tagging system that allows for a little bit more flexibility than any of our competitors, Mm. Um, which is, you know, it's good to know, right? Um, We started with this focus on wide and what we found among other things was that there are many authors that begin every book in KU, wait to see when their numbers are dropping in terms of page reads and then switch out. And so building something that allowed them to make that decision was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could think that would be, mm-hmm. data is always good. It's, I think our problem now is that a lot of times we have too much data. So if this helps us like zero in on, you know, a certain area that can help us yep. know, make good decisions, that's invaluable. So, right. Yeah. Right. Cause I feel like a lot of systems give us, data but it's not always usable data it's just data no. and and i need because i'm not a data person i need something that's going to be user friendly oh absolutely so, for, so yeah. for someone like me who's not a big data person is this something that would work or do i need to oh absolutely mathematics degree <laughs> not at <laughs> all the I goal was have. to make it very easily visible that Mm -hmm. you could look in and you could say, okay, all of a sudden I've absorbed a whole bunch of information Mm -hmm. very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So part of my personal goal is to make sure that people stop being as worried about data because I've found that people are a lot more competent than they realize they are. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we do involves stripping technical jargon out of data Mm. um, and data services Mm -hmm. to help people feel more comfortable and not, not close off. Um, So I did a talk recently at 20 books um, in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and, you know, started off the talk Mm -hmm. saying, okay, how many of you here are, are data heads? And a couple of hands went up and, you know, okay, how many of you feel like breathing into a paper bag right now? And, you know, <laughs> 10 times as many hands went up. Yeah, like, okay. Sure. Yep. We're here. We'll, we'll help you. <laughs> um, so we're trying to very slowly roll out, you know, Hey, this month, we're just going to highlight one of these reports. Here's a brief overview of how it works and then how you can do it in four clicks or less. Wow. That's amazing. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) Yep. Four clicks or less is one of Randall's big priorities. We don't want it to be, okay, well, if you just set these 58 metrics, you can have exactly the (laughs) dashboard of your dreams. Like we we don't want that. So, (laughs) well, I appreciate that because, you know, when you get something new, there's always, you always have to learn how to use it and get it going. And mm-hmm. the, the ones, the programs that are extremely complicated, um, they can be great, but if you can't, you know, we're busy as it is. So mm-hmm. yes, know, like taking time to, you know, take a class to learn how to use something is not, not how I want to spend my time. Mm-mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Not at all. Not at all. And for, I mean, literally for someone like me who, Really, it does make me very anxious, um, you know, seeing all those numbers and mm-hmm. everything. To be able to do it in four clicks or less, it also, I don't know, it kind of is empowering. I feel like I could do <laughs> yeah. that. 
Like, <laughs> that's yeah. beyond my capability. So that, I think that's great. Yep. And, and building that confidence is great because it means that all of a sudden people can come back. People who thought they weren't data people um, have given me some of my favorite scribe count hacks. So Mm -hmm. one person came back and said, Oh, have you tried um, tagging by subgenre? I had not. (laughs) And boy, was that illuminating. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So are there any other hacks that you can think of just off the top of your head that you might want to pass along? That's my big one because it shows me where to target advertising. Mm. But let's see. I'm looking at my my dashboard right now to see which other hacks. I know that a lot of people have really been a fan of um, the royalties by marketplace. So the, the global map mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. can just say, oh, wow, you know, I'm I'm selling a whole bunch in India. I didn't expect Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it is also extremely easy if you've got um, any free books or first in series free, or you're doing pulses on free days Mm -hmm. to look at series read through either from free or from a paid first in series. Um, I'm going to go check that out because I have not looked at that because that's really important to figure out you know, how things are going. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. I had the same thing happen with the, the, when you're talking about the royalties by marketplace or yeah, that's, I, I released a French translation and I did it wide, but I thought I would have more sales in Amazon French store, but it turned out that I've had almost as many sales in Kobo, uh, mm-hmm. not Canada. Kobo France store. And I was like, oh, wow. Huh, I didn't expect that. So it's like, if you don't know, then you can't take advantage and you can't plan things. So very exactly. interesting. That is, yeah. That's great. So do you have any new features coming out for Scribe Camp? Tons. So we will be uh, <laughs> like literally Randall and I together cannot keep up with them. Um, we have ad tracking coming. Be able to track your Facebook, your Amazon, and your BookBub ads. We're also bringing in audio and print. Yay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll Uh, be awesome. So uh, ACX, Findaway, and Ingram Spark. So, yeah, I know that Ingram Spark was probably not probably not the easiest one to incorporate. So we appreciate I that. had such high hopes there um, <laughs> <laughs> that I was thinking maybe, you know, it's, it's just really very simple on the back end in terms of just looking at, you know, the, the sort of black screen, green text part of it. And mm-hmm. it's just not, yeah. you know, as, as easily understood on the front end. And it, it turned out that was a vain hope. <laughs> but you know, our Hope developers are eternal, still right? Yeah. <laughs> well, good. So, That's exciting to hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask about pricing and uh, oh yeah, like how that works if somebody's new to it. Oh yes. So obviously, there's the free trial period. We don't want to make um, anyone pay to see if it works for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. That's two weeks, and then if you are under a thousand dollars a month. It is free completely mm-hmm. in terms of uh, under a thousand in terms of your royalties. Um, so if you are wavering around that line, it'll pull 
two months back. We wanted to go back two months to allow for returns or something and not, you know, bump you up a a tier erroneously. Um, so in October, it'll pull off of August's royalties. Mm-hmm. And if you then slip back under a tier, it'll go back to being free. And there's a $15 tier and a $20 tier and also an annual subscription option. Mm. So. Okay. Nice. Well, I yeah. think that's very reasonable for mm-hmm. the time that it saves. Oh, the sheer <laughs> amount of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, although you do, I, I'm going to be transparent here. You do lose a little bit at the start just because you're clicking through to make the sunburst do pretty things. Mm. <laughs> that that has been my experience at least. <laughs> well, I spent a lot of time when I first got it, like clicking back and forth, just going, Oh, look at this. This looks so cool. Now let's go here and look at this. So, yeah. you know, if you eliminate the cool, Oh, this is fun. Then you probably, you're fine. You'll then you're saving time. Yeah. yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I just think it's great. I, I can't wait to get on and look at it and, um, try it out because anything that gives that helps me have more information um without making my head explode is yes right <laughs> up my alley so uh, i think it's great that's a very good way to encapsulate our goals yeah, you can there. use that you can use that in your advertising. thank you well, thank you yes <laughs> We always like to wrap up with a question yeah. about uh, what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? I would say it's to learn how to lean on people. Mm. Um, when I started writing, I was in a community work-wise that really wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I was it was also very early in the indie author sphere, right? So there weren't specialists to do things like make you covers and, um, and format your books and all of that. So you had to do everything on your own. Um, and it was very, very difficult for me to ask for help, both emotional help from my friends when I was agonizing over either results or the writing process or from other professionals within the writing sphere. But every time I've done it, it has been such a a stroke of bounty Mm -hmm. in terms of emotional and, I mean, yes, in terms of sales, but also it has expanded my writing world so much. And so Mm -hmm. I would say form those connections and be willing to we all want to help each other, right? It's a very helpful community, but also learn to lean. Very good advice. Well, that is awesome advice. Yeah, I don't think we do that enough. And uh, because this job is very solitary. It you know? really is, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. And it is a very nice community. Everybody seems to be so helpful. so is. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Is. For the yeah. most part, it really is, yeah. Uh, says the romance author. Um, <laughs> No, it is. It's great. Um, it has been great having you here. Can you please tell people where uh, they can find you and find out more about script count? I mean, scribe count and um, about your books and all of oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Great. Yeah. So um, you can find scribe count easy. It's just uh, scribe Okay. 
and uh, we're, you know, on Twitter and we're on Facebook and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and things like that. And then um, for my writing, likewise on Facebook and mostly Facebook uh, is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on Twitter, but I'm basically just complaining about not having enough coffee. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's relatable content for authors, but not necessarily helpful. Right. <laughs> so uh, Facebook, you can look up both Moira Katzen and Natalie Gray, and mm-hmm. you will find me flailing through a few different... I, I've been doing uh, experiments on different marketing things so that I can share the data on the Scribe Count blog. So I'll be running a Kickstarter coming up mm-hmm. in January for one of my books, which is not something I would ever have considered on my own, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting. That so is. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hope it does really well. So we're just really happy to get to talk to you about scribe count and your writing. Likewise. And we'll have all the notes or all the links in the show notes. And um, thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And we'll mm-hmm. see everybody next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.